This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. I'm excited for this show. The Steelers are finally going to be back on the football field this Sunday when they go to the shores of Lake Erie. The mistake by the lake. You know, if it wasn't for the movie Major League, to be completely honest with you, if it wasn't for that movie, gosh, I would hate Cleveland even more than I already do, but I love that movie. That's such a great movie. Uh, My goodness, one of my favorite sports movies of all times, but I digress. The Steelers, huge game, talked about it on Wednesday, gave you the rankings, all that good stuff, and we've all been giving you the lowdown. Dave Schofield on the Stat Geek on Thursday morning, and Michael Beck on Tuesday, the live mic, all of our noon podcasts, whether it's the Fantasy Football Podcast, the Cutting Room Floor, the War Room with Matty Peverell, great episode, by the way, on Thursday, check it out. But other than that, I mean, my goodness, what else is what else needs to be said? What else needs to be said about this game? We as fans should be amped up for this game. We as fans should realize the writing on the wall is this is a turning point in this upcoming season, this 2021 regular season. Steelers win. Oh boy, the doors open up for a really really nice little run. Lose, backs are against the wall and now all of a sudden they have to get hot. There's a big difference between the two, and we're going to talk about that during this podcast. Let's get things out of the way first. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you check it early and often. We update it multiple times a day, so make sure wherever you're getting your news, we have our news typically before ESPN has their alerts pushed out. So keep that in mind. If you want the latest breaking news, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your, your place to go. Also, wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. We've got you covered with Injury Report Podcast, Mike Tomlin Recap Podcast, uh, My Let's Ride, all the other content. Check it out. It is awesome. I enjoy listening to myself. I, I listen to all of our podcasts. Okay, so before I get to what the Steelers need to do to win, which is what we always talk about on Friday, unless I'm a moron and forget, like I did that one week, I was cutting grass like I normally do on Thursday, and I'm walking along, cutting the grass, and my mind is just rolling, 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 rolling. And I had some random thoughts. It's like, I'm going to put this at the beginning of the podcast before I talk about what the Steelers need to do offensively and defensively to win this upcoming game against the Browns. There's just some things on my head. But let's go through these random thoughts. I hope you don't mind. Here we go. Sit back, relax. Let's get this done. Random thought number one. What was Melvin Ingram expecting? You know, this this is something that has kind of been on my mind since these rumors started uh, a couple days ago. And then on Wednesday, I'm sorry, Thursday, was when Melvin Ingram supposedly releases that he wants a trade. He's not happy with his playing time. I don't know what's going on here, but what, what what did he expect? Maybe he expected that he was going to come in and he was going to be the number two guy. 
Maybe the Steelers told him that, hey, it's going to be an open competition between you and Alex Highsmith, best, best man plays. I don't know. I don't know what the Steelers told him. None of us do. But I do know this, and that is that a guy that has been a good soldier so far, he hasn't complained, you haven't heard him, he hasn't been on social media or anything like that, but he's been a good soldier so far, but a guy that's banged up a little bit. He's been Wednesday and Thursday limited on the Steelers injury report with a groin injury. Shocker, another groin injury. But still, for a guy that's banged up, you you want the Steelers to trade you? What are they going to get for him? I'll tell you this. Don't trade him away for anything. If you can get a fifth, maybe. I'm not trading him for a seventh. Get out of here. I know Trey Norwood's great. I know Presley Harvin's great. But let's be honest, those are not the norms when it comes to seventh-round draft picks. But what was Melvin Ingram expecting? To come in and start over TJ Watt? Get out of here. I still like Melvin Ingram. Not turning my back on that guy, but I don't think the Steelers should trade him at all. Next, how many running backs do the Steelers even need? You know, they, they activate Anthony McFarland off of injured reserve, and they cut Jalen Samuels from the practice squad. They move some people around. Carlos Davis goes to IR. I thought they'd do that weeks ago when the guy wasn't even practicing, when we all thought, well, who are they going to move? This was before Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt. Who are they going to move to IR when Zach Binner comes off? And I was like, well, this is obvious. Carlos Davis, he came in practice. No, Juju goes on IR, and then Zach, now Carlos Davis goes on IR. Nonetheless, the Steelers are now sitting with Balage, McFarlane, Snell, Harris, all on the active 53. Why in the world do you need four running backs. I'm still not sure they're done with their moves. Just going to put that out there. I'm sure I'm, I'm not sure they're done with their roster moves. They might be moving and shaking, moving some players with Jalen Samuels now gone. They might try to get someone else onto the practice squad. We shall see. Next random thought. Can someone on the defense make a big play that is not named Watt or Hayward? Anyone? I know James Pierre's made some plays. Obviously, the game-clinching interception against Denver. That was a big play. I'm not saying it wasn't. But my goodness, the only two guys that seem to be showing up on a regular basis defensively are Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. Can someone step up and make a big play? And yeah, I'm pointing, I'm talking to you, Minka Fitzpatrick. Mike Tom was asked about this on Tuesday at his press conference. He says, don't worry, that's going to take care of itself. Well, let's see it. Let's see it happen. Let's see it. Come on now. This is one of those situations where the, the Steelers desperately need on defense someone else to make a big play. Someone, in any way, force a fumble, get the fumble, tip a ball, interception, something. My goodness, I want to see some more plays made by the defense. And lastly, my last random thought, will Ben Roethlisberger ever be Big Ben again? This one hurts. hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. I'm a Big Ben fan. And we've all gotten used to seeing Big Ben. Big Ben Roethlisberger. I wear the shirt now on game days because they've been winning with it. It says, play big like Ben. Play on words there. But still, I'm thinking about this. And I'm like, man, Ben Roethlisberger used to be so flipping clutch. He would be that guy that right when you're, boy, we need to play. We need to play. Boom. He makes it. I'm not saying he can't be a player that makes the big play. But I just wonder, when are we going to see it? more frequently or is it gone maybe it's gone maybe it is literally it's a thing of the past Jeff what you want doesn't exist anymore it could be I really hope it isn't I would love nothing more than for Ben if this is his last trip to Cleveland in the regular season 
If this is his last trip to play the Browns in Cleveland, if he calls it a career after this season, I would love nothing more for than him to him to go up there, put on a great performance, be efficient, pinpoint accurate, and shove it right in all those a-holes faces. And I'm talking about the fan base and the organization that should have drafted him in 2004, but they didn't. They drafted Kellen Winslow Jr., the soldier, and Ben Roethlisberger goes to 11 where the Steelers pick him. Are we ever going to see Big Ben again? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so, and I hope it happens this Sunday. So let's talk about what the Steelers need to do to win this Sunday. I always break it down, three offense and three defense. Three offense and three defense. I'm not going to go back to week six. There's no reason to go all the way back there to look at whether the Steelers did or did not achieve those goals when I talked about uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks. That was before the bye week. We're moving on. So let's start on offense. That's what we always do. Offensively, number one, run the rock. Run the football. The Steelers, I was so proud. I really was. I was so proud. People on Twitter were yelling at me. They were committing themselves to the run against Seattle. Even when Seattle was stopping the run, they were putting a lot of people in the box. I was so proud that they did that, and it paid off. The RPOs paid off. It paid off in the second half. Najee Harris got going again. The the Steelers, believe it or not, have averaged, I want to say, something like 119 yards, maybe maybe a little bit north of that. They've averaged well over 100 yards during this two-game winning streak. They've gone over 100 those two games. Run the football. Get to that 100-yard point. I bet you they win. Next, scheme to win, and this game might come down to who makes the big play. Which offense makes the big play? That might be what is the deciding factor in this game, and I'm talking about on offense. Can the Steelers scheme up a play? And we know Matt Canada loves to set things up. He loves to run certain plays in certain situations on in certain areas of the field, and he knows, I'm going to run this now, and then I'm going to run a counter play in the second half when we're in the same situation. It's going to be a big play. Can the Steelers, can the Steelers do that? Can they scheme it up? That's what I want to see. And lastly, protect the football. Haven't had many clean games this season. Have not had many clean games this season. They're going to need to have one in Cleveland. The Roethlisberger's had a tendency to turn it over in big situations. We don't need to remind you of the playoff game last year. My goodness, they need to find a way to protect the football. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. The Steelers need to win the turnover battle. Finishing even is not going to do it in big games. You have to win the turnover battle. So whether it's Baker Mayfield, whether it's Case Keenum, doesn't matter. Nick Chubb, anyone else, doesn't matter. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, doesn't matter. They have to find a way to take the ball away. You can't always rely on the offense to play a clean brand of football. So the defense might have to go out and they might have to say, we're going to take care of business. I said it in my random thoughts. Can someone not named Hayward or Watt please make a big play on defense? Win the turnover battle. And maybe just maybe find one of those back-breaking plays like Minka Fitzpatrick had last season in Pittsburgh. Baker Mayfield's first third down pass, pick six to the house, and they never stood a chance after that. That's the, that's what That's what the Steelers need at this point. That's what they need. Okay, next is slow down the run. There are certain teams, there are certain players that you know it's just like when they played DK Metcalf, when they played Devontae Adams, uh, when they went up against Stefan Diggs in week one. I could go down the list of players that you know you can never really stop them. You have to just slow them down. Make sure they don't kill you. That's what they need to do with the Browns running game. And it's not just Nick Chubb. I mean, look at Denver 
and Thursday night football in week seven. It, the Browns, my goodness, those holes my mother could run through those. And my mother is not a supreme athlete. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so, I mean, my gosh, they have to slow down the run. They got to find a way to slow it down. Scheme it up. You got to make sure that you're protecting. It's not going to be an easy task, but they have to slow down the run. If you limit Cleveland, who averages 170 yards on the ground a game, 170 yards on the ground a game, hold them to about 100, you've done the job. You have done the job, so slow down the run. And then last, pray for Baker. Everyone should be saying a prayer for Baker. Baker Mayfield. Oh, Baker, please, Baker. Hope you play. I hope he does play. I put a Twitter poll out there. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And I asked uh, the the people that follow me, and I actually retweeted it from the Behind the Steel Curtain account to kind of see what I could get in terms of votes. Who do you want to see at quarterback on Sunday? Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum? And a lot of people said, ah, oh, we want the we want the the we want Baker. We want to have him at their best. No excuses. I'll tell you what, I want Baker Mayfield, not just because he sucks. I think he sucks. I know he sucks, not just because of that, but because a banged up Baker Mayfield is who I want nine times out of ten. Actually, ten times out of ten. Last season in Pittsburgh, that was the game his ribs were hurt. And they harassed him, hitting him all over the place. Can you imagine? So he has that severely separated left shoulder. And you don't think that every time he gets hit, and I'm not saying sacked, hit, Cam Hayward comes in, Baker gets rid of the ball, bang, gets popped. You don't think that is going to be excruciatingly painful, so painful that it's going to throw him off? I think it is. I'll put all my money on that. I'm not sure he's going to play. I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns are kind of playing some games here, showing Baker throwing at practice, you know, talking about, well, you know, this, that, and the other. And then in reality, he ends up not playing. I wouldn't be shocked, but still, I want Baker. So everyone pray for Baker. Pray for Baker. Oh, Baker, Baker, please play. Until he proves me wrong, that's what I want in this setting. I know he beat the Steelers last year against Mason Rudolph in Week 17. I know he beat Ben in the playoffs. I'm not saying that he's not capable. I'm saying in this week, in this setting, I want the Steelers to play Baker Mayfield. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back after that break, we're going to have Michael Beck, Blue Check, back on, and we're going to talk about all things Steelers. We're going to give you our game pick. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. You know me, Jeff Hartman. Joining me every Friday, Blue Check Beck. That's right. His phone's already going off. I bet he's like Adam Schefter for us at Behind the Steel Curtain. I mean, I swear his phone's probably just like a, an appendage. But, Michael, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry about that. It's just the, the background app refresh. I can't mute that when I have the rest of my audio on. That, that hasn't happened before. Anyway, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm great. So how did the game go last week? inquiring minds want to know yeah no it was a tough one down in texas uh we we had a a bit of a terrible travel down there so the guys were kind of asleep when we first started but uh rallied a bit at the end uh took the l but uh we are looking over to bigger and brighter things here back in conference play against uh, western oregon this weekend so uh looking forward to this one on saturday and trying to get back on that winning uh that winning uh step 
There you go. Well, I'm just glad that you all got that win. I mean, for me, the rest of the the rest of the season is just, you know, we'll see how it goes, but at least you got that win. But let's talk about the Steelers. My first question for you, Michael, and this is something that you talked about, uh, you wrote about it on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, the rumors surrounding like Melvin Ingram. What is your thought about this entire situation? I'm just curious what your take is. You know, we heard the rumors that Melvin Ingram could be on the on the trade block, that there were teams that were interested, mainly the Chiefs. Now we hear that Ingram himself reportedly wants to be once out. He's on the injury report. He's been limited the last two days with a groin injury. Michael, what are your what's your thoughts on this? Ugh, if he wants out, that is completely on him for signing to be a team's third pass rusher and then not accepting third pass rusher minutes. Uh, he, he's an aging guy on a one-year deal. I like it, it blows my mind that he thinks he could be in a position uh, or that he's unhappy with his position just because that's what, exactly what he signed up for. Uh, so if he wants out, and like that explains why the Steelers were in on Whitney Merciless uh, a couple days ago. But uh, I mean, like if you can recoup a pick for him, that, like that would be nice, I guess. Uh, it gets you out of those void years, which I guess also would be nice. But uh, you kind of want to keep that to third edge rusher. It's something we talked a lot all offseason. The Steelers needed a guy and now that guy wants out. So it, it's just a messy situation. Uh, we'll see what happens here, but part of me thinks the Steelers are just going to handle this like how they handled James Washington and just let it play out. What would be, in your opinion, adequate compensation for Melvin Ingram? To, to be honest, because of given his age, given he's on a one-year contract, yeah. uh, given that uh, he was injured most of last season, probably like a seventh-round pick is what's believable, maybe a sixth in a future draft. But even then, I feel like that's that's asking a lot. Uh, it's just one of those things that you don't really you don't really get a whole lot from uh, those those aging players on one year deals. No, I get that, but to me, I look at this and I say, okay, so the Steelers need Ingram. He is a valuable asset. He is an insurance policy. But I'm not just giving this guy away based on the fact that I mean, you see some of these teams, mainly the Houston Texans, that are literally it's like it's a bargain bin. Oh, you want this guy? Sure, whatever. Take take the contract, and we'll be fine. The Steelers can't do that, in my opinion, with that position group. If they were to say, let Joe Haig go for a seventh-round pick, no one would say anything. They'd be like, oh, okay, Joe Haig, whatever. Zach Banner's coming back. Melvin Ingram is an injury away from being a starter. So, in my opinion, if it's not a fifth or greater, which I know they'd never get a greater than a fifth, I'm not trading him. Like you said, do the James Washington thing. Say, look, one year you're going to play it out. But it just doesn't make much sense to me. Like, and I, I want to get your take on this. I mean, what in the world? Like you said, he he signed a contract. He knew what was going on. You think maybe it was because he played more early in the season, and that kind of has tailed off as Alex Highsmith's gotten healthy, and same with TJ Watt. Maybe. Like, part of me just wonders if he thought Alex Highsmith wasn't anything. I mean, like he just thought he like Highsmith would be the third guy. Ah. I didn't realize he was a high draft pick and thought he was just going to come in and be the starter with Highsmith being the backup, and then. Really, he went through all of camp taking those starter reps because TJ was doing his uh, his sit-in, uh, waiting for his contract. So I suppose he got all the starter reps all offseason and then just got starter on his mind. But we knew going into this, he was never going to be that guy. Mm. Um, so for him, like maybe his agent just steered him wrong. I, I suppose the general manager, Kevin Colbert, could have told him something that was opposite thinking to this. But really sitting here... To me, it makes no sense. If Ingram didn't realize he was going to be the third guy, then he obviously did not do his research heading to Pittsburgh. No, not at all. Uh, to change gears a little bit, you know, you were the, I believe you were the captain of the 
JJ Watt to Pittsburgh fan club. You were the leader. You were like the founding member, the founding father of that fan club. What was your, when you found out that his season's done and which by the way, I'm driving home listening to NFL radio and they're rattling off everything that he did to his arm, torn bicep, torn rotator cuff, torn labor. I'm like, did this guy's arm literally just fall off? There was nothing holding it together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And then people were all surprised. Like, how did we not know this? Nonetheless, what was your thought? Cause I'll tell you mine. Mine was, boy, am I glad he didn't come to Pittsburgh. Did you think the same thing? It, honestly, in the back of my mind, that did pop up because, like, that is a massive loss. The other thing is, too, though, uh, as, like, a football player and now coach, like, his injuries aren't, like, the injury-prone injuries. They're, they're not pulls all the time. This guy has just crazy freak accidents. He's tearing – he's, like, tearing everything in his shoulder because it gets popped out. He, he's tearing his ACL. This guy ha- cannot catch a break when it comes to serious injuries. And now it seems like it's happened to, like, every joint in his body. Like I like I know the, the the thing with him now is just gonna be, oh injury prone injury prone injury prone he is just freak accident prone uh, like this guy cannot catch a break he would be one of the greatest defenders in the history of the sport he already is up there but if he was healthy he would be one of the greats of all time so it's kind of unfortunate that a guy with that much talent has uh, lost so many games to his career via injury. Anyone in the ride or die crowd out there, if you happen to see a gif of the play where he hurts his hurts himself, please send it to me because I would be unbelievably interested to see what had to happen for the labrum, one of the six rotator cuff muscles, uh, the biceps to be torn. I mean, all this stuff. I think he dislocated his shoulder. Like, what in the world? Oh my gosh, I was literally stumped. But anyways, let's let's go back to the Steelers for a second. I want to get your thoughts on a couple players, uh, two mainly that were brought in either as a free agent or as a trade acquisition, uh, mainly because we already talked about Melvin Ingram. What are your thoughts on Trey Turner, Ben? I know we talked about him during the the downtime, maybe like weeks two through three, um, but has he improved at all in your mind? Do you think he's still, a, you know, is he, is he getting the job done? I'd say so to a degree. Um, and I still believe he's just a one-year stopgap type guy. I, I don't think he's going to be the answer moving forward. But he, he's been improving as this line has improved. I, I don't really see anything that is lighting the world on fire. He, he's definitely not David DeCastro when DeCastro was healthy. Uh, but uh, he, he's been better. Like, he, he's not he's not that Pro Bowl level that he was in Carolina, but he's definitely improved on that uh, early season play. So hopefully that can continue. And I, I really don't expect a whole lot more else from him, especially uh, it, given his advanced age. But uh, he's getting better, and that's a positive. Okay, and the other player is Joe Schobert, who obviously was the trade acquisition for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I said it on Wednesday. I'll say it again. I feel like Schobert, you know, you've got you had most of training camp, not all of it, but most of training camp. You had a couple preseason games. You've had six regular season games and a bye week under your belt now. I feel like the, okay, he's getting acclimated is done. Uh, I want to get your take on him, but also do you agree with that sentiment that he should be at least, he should understand the defensive concepts. He shouldn't be a liability out there. What are your thoughts? No, absolutely. Like like you said, he got most of camp, but he was traded for during the Hall of Fame game or the the Eagles game, the the second one. Um, So he had most of camp to be there. Uh, he, he, then that bye week of course, between, uh, the end of the preseason and the regular season, uh, he's been around, like, there's no excuse for this guy not to get it. And I think he does. I think just the type of player he is though, he thrives when the defensive line just holds up the blockers. And that's, that's where he racked up his tackles with Cleveland and Jacksonville. Uh, of course, with Stefan Tuitt and Tyson Alualu being out of the lineup, 
those linemen are getting up to him. That's where he tends to struggle a little bit. I think he's made some decent plays in coverage. Uh, can't really take that away from him, even when the Steelers have put him in terrible positions. But uh, I think he'll play better as uh, the Steelers get Stephon Toot back and start playing a little bit better in front of him. Yeah, I agree. I think Schobert's starting to find his way, but my goodness, he's not going to have that crutch forever. Of the Well, I'm still learning the system. All right, the next question for you. You know, here we are coming out of the bye week. Steelers are preparing for the Browns in week eight. You talked about that on your live mic podcast as we make sure everyone that's listening to this show goes and checks that out. It's, it was a good listen. Have your, have your expectations for this Steelers team changed coming off of the bye? So even just say a few weeks ago, you know, that they're losing three games in a row. Now they've won two in a row. Have, have your expectations changed? And if so, how? Honestly, I would say they haven't but they will change this weekend against the Browns Um, winning this game or losing this game coming up. That's really what's going to shape up the rest of the season. I'll have an article coming out at BTSC uh, kind of describing more of my thoughts on that as well. But the early part of the season, I kind of expected the Steelers to be around four and two, three and three at this point in the year. Anyway, Uh, I think they lost some games. I didn't expect them to lose, but in, in hindsight, now those three losses, those teams are combined record are ridiculous. Some like 15 and six, some, some, something like that. Like they're good teams that the Steelers lost to. Uh, and they're still able to knock off a team like the Bills. Like they've kind of been what we thought they were going to be. And really the hope was that Ben Roethlisberger would be a little bit more like early 2020 Big Ben and not like late season 2020 Ben. Uh, right now we're getting that late season kind of guy. Maybe he can make some sort of a push here and take a step forward. That would push this team along. But honestly, this is kind of what I expected from them this year. But uh, this game against the Browns, if they can win that, in the back of my mind, it's like, all right, now now we're pushing for a playoff spot. A loss, I'm like, oh, man, things are really starting to slip away from this team, even at three and four. So uh, my expectations are going to be set up this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge game. It is a huge game no matter which way you slice it. All right, let's get to some NFL game picks. That's what everyone wants to hear. Um, let's go Sunday, 1 o'clock. There's no game over in Europe, so it's just a standard slate here. The Carolina Panthers are reeling. The Atlanta Falcons all of a sudden look better. Carolina, this is an NFC South matchup. Carolina is getting three and a half points on the road. Who do you like, Michael? Uh, I like Carolina. I, I honestly do not believe in the Falcons at all. Uh, give me Carolina and extra points. I, I love that every day of the week. The Carolina Panthers benched Sam Darnold last week, and he's been pretty bad since the early 3-0 start I believe they had. Um, I'm not sure if McCaffrey's going to be back. I don't follow that team at all. I, I, I'm going to take Atlanta. I'm going to take Atlanta at home, believe it or not. Kyle Pitts, I, he's a fun guy to watch, I'll tell you that. But let's go to the next game, 1 o'clock. AFC East action, the Miami Dolphins. You said how bad they were last week, and you were right. They are going to Buffalo to play the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills, I believe, are coming off a bye week. Their last game was that Monday nighter against Tennessee where they lost. I could be wrong, but so that's what I think. Michael, what do you like in this one? Buffalo's giving a whopping 13 and a half at home. Goodness gracious. Yeah, the Dolphins are bad. And, and all these rumors surrounding the quarterback stuff just makes it worse. I, I like Buffalo minus 13 and a half. Like, I know it's ridiculous, but I feel like they're going to win in another convincing blowout. I agree. I like the Buffalo Bills giving 13 and a half. Let's go to the next game. San Francisco goes to Chicago. The San Francisco 49ers are actually giving three and a half. The Chicago Bears look very inept, and they're going to be coming to Pittsburgh in week nine for Monday night football. Boy, that's going to be a good one. Um, who do you like in this game between San Fran and Chicago? Uh, I like the Niners. Uh, I realize the, the situation they kind of put themselves in. The rain really is not their fault here. 
But uh, excuse me as that goes off again. Breaking My news apologies. alert coming in. Yeah, no, it's it's breaking news <laughs> for a completely unrelated thing. But anywho, uh, we got uh, in this matchup, I, I really do uh, lean towards the Niners, despite that rainy game uh, a week ago. I, I don't believe in the Bears at all. I'm going to take the Niners giving three and a half as well. Let's continue at one o'clock. The Philadelphia Eagles, boy, are they bad. And so are the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Lions host the Eagles. Uh, Detroit's actually getting three and a half at home. Is this the week that Detroit finally gets their win, Michael? No, I, I feel like uh, this is going to continue this streak here. Um, I like the Eagles giving a, a few points. They just don't have the players in Detroit. The players think I like the coaching staff. I don't like the players. So that's uh, that's going to be a big hurdle for them. Uh, give me the Eagles minus those points. Give me the Detroit Lions getting three and a half. I'm not wow. sure if they win straight up, but it might be close enough that they win with three and a half. And I just hope they get a win before they go to Pittsburgh in two weeks. I don't want a winless team coming to the Heinz field and mm-hmm. let's go. Still one o'clock Los Angeles Rams go to the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans. Like I mentioned earlier, they're literally just selling off everyone. They can um, Ingram was the latest, the running backs going back to new Orleans, Los Angeles is giving 14 and a half. Michael, uh, do they cover? Yes, they do. Um, I feel bad for David Culley. He was hired just to be fired and be the fall guy. Uh, this team's a mess. They have less talent than Detroit, and it's just going off the rails quick. And the players are definitely not happy, uh, i.e. Brandon Cooks. Uh, this game is going to get away from uh, Houston in a hurry. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams by 400. Honestly, it's going to be a huge one. <laughs> I'll take the Rams giving the bigs points as well. I like it. Tennessee Titans, they're red hot playing the Indianapolis Colts. If the Colts have any hope of maybe making this AFC South competitive, they need to win this game. They are hosting Tennessee. Tennessee is giving two and a half here. I feel like that is not a big spread considering how Tennessee has been playing. Michael, what do you think about this AFC South matchup? Yeah, I I think Derrick Henry uh, himself can uh, win this game by more than two and a half points. No problem. Uh, for those Tennessee Titans. So uh, honestly, give me the Titans. I, I, I like what the Colts have been doing, but uh, not enough to win this game. I agree. Tennessee giving two and a half. I like that. Um, or I'm sorry, they're Tennessee's getting. That's they're insane. getting. Yeah, oh. I'm sorry. I've, I've I remember that. that. Tennessee getting two and a half. Goodness gracious. I, I don't know. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals, New York Jets, boy, Steeler fans hope that New York somehow pulls out a miracle, but they don't even have their quarterback. Cincinnati is giving 10 and a half in this game on the road. What do you think? The Jets are starting someone by the name of like Matt white or something like that. Like I, I honestly have never heard of this guy in my life. And I watch a ton of college football. Uh, excuse me if he's some prominent name, but I generally don't even know who this guy is, but uh, give me the Bengals. The Bengals are red hot. They probably win by a, a convincing margin. Joe Flacco is in New York now, isn't he? He's a, he's their backup for this game. I believe. I don't even know if he's going to be active because he's traded for this week. If he's active, don't be shocked if you see him, but the Bengals win easily. Give him giving 10 and a half. That's fine. That's not a big spread at all. And that came in my opinion. And now let's go to the next one. This is a four Oh five new England Patriots, LA Rams. I'm sorry. LA chargers in LA, the Los Angeles chargers are giving four and a half. I know you like the chargers, but new England's been playing tough. Do you think that the LA chargers cover that four and a half point spread? I still think they do. There's something about having to travel across the entire country that kind of puts teams to bed a bit. Um, So give me the Chargers in this one. Uh, I think Herbert is just much more firepower than what you're getting from Mac Jones on the other side. I like the Chargers as well, giving four and a half uh, at home, especially. I like that a big time. 405 again, Jacksonville Jaguars going to Seattle. Seattle's lost, uh, well, without Russell Wilson, they haven't won a game. (laughs) 
two losses in a race. Seattle has two losses. Um, they're giving Jacksonville only three and a half. Uh, Jacksonville, who knows what that team is? They're one and five. What do you think here? You'd hope the Jags win this one, but I, I don't believe in them at all. Uh, regardless of who's at quarterback, I like Seattle in this one. Uh, it's just one of those games. It's going to be an ugly one. I'm definitely not going to tune in for that, but uh, give me the Seahawks in this game. If that's a 405 game, get just Seattle. I mean, it, I think that's this year. That's an AFC game. So that's a CBS game that they have their F squad. Uh, Spiro or whatever his name is will probably be on that game doing the announcing. <laughs> 425 Washington football team going to Denver. Both of these teams are reeling. Washington's getting three and a half on the road. What do you think? Uh, I, I like Denver still. Um, I, I think uh, I think they'll do enough to win the game. They, they just have a good defense, and that's the difference in this game. Denver stinks. They couldn't beat the Browns on Thursday night with no one on their team. I think Washington goes in there getting points and finds a way to pull off at least cover. So uh, 425 Sunday, this is going to be a good one. Tampa Bay and New Orleans. It's in New Orleans. Tampa Bay is get, uh, giving four and a half on the road. What do you think about this NFC South matchup? See, New Orleans struggled more than the Steelers did with the Seahawks. That was that one was tough to watch. And Tampa Bay is on fire. Give me Tom Brady and winning another game and covering another spread. It's just what he does. Give me the yeah, Bucks. Barf. Now I'm going to take the Buccaneers as well. Sunday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys, they're red hot. They go to the Minnesota Vikings. This might be one of the most curious spreads. Dallas is actually getting a half point in this game, at least according to when I set my picks. So what do you make of this Sunday night game? Well, it comes down to a pick I guess. But uh, you know what? I'm going to go against it. I feel like there's going to be an upset in this one, uh, even though that's not what uh, the books are calling for. But I, I like Minnesota winning this game. Well, according to my line, Minnesota's favored by a half a point. I'm going to take Dallas getting the half. Maybe they'll the half means nothing. Like you said, it's a pick em game. I'll take the Dallas Cowboys in this game. And then on Monday Night Football, the Kansas City Chiefs hope to get right against the New York Giants at Arrowhead Monday Night Football. Kansas City's giving nine and a half. Mike, what do you like? I like the Chiefs in this one. I like they've been beat up. They've been looking bad. But I think this might be one of their get right kind of games. Give me the Chiefs in this game. Yeah, I agree with you, but boy, if they lost this game, man, that would be hysterical. Absolutely hysterical to me. All right, let's go to the game everyone cares about. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. The mistake by the lake. Steelers are getting three and a half points. That is the latest adjusted line everywhere, including our official SB Nation Sportsbook of DraftKings. So, Michael, what do you think about this game? How do you see it playing out? What's your final score? So I think I've been calling for a slugfest in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be low scoring, but I also realize the Browns are super beat up and the Steelers are as healthy as they have been all year long. Pretty much everyone as of uh, Thursday's practice being a full participant, aside from Eric Ebron and Melvin Ingram, who still participated in practice in limited capacity. They're as healthy as, as they have been. Uh, I, I think the Steelers having prepared for this game for a couple weeks they will have enough to win this game and set up what could be a playoff push for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Uh, this is a huge game. This is a revenge game. And if you're giving me, if you're giving the Steelers points, I'm taking that every day of the week. I, I think the Steelers, if they, if they don't win it, it's going to be tight, but I think the Steelers win this one by a score of, yeah, I picked a weird one. I'm going to go with the score of 16 to 13. No, oh, very interesting. All right. I look at the numbers here with this game. I, I looked at the numbers. Cleveland's defense is giving up on average 23.6 points a game. Pittsburgh's giving up 22. So you look on offense and, you know, the Cleveland Browns are averaging 24.7 points per game. Pittsburgh, 19.5. And I looked at those and I was like, okay, how do I see this playing out? I like Pittsburgh on the road. There's something about this game. It's a gut feeling that the Steelers are going to find a way. 
I think they're going to have some type of special play, not like a trickeration play. I think they're going to have a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown. I like the Steelers to win this game by a score of 24 to 20, uh, pretty close to those averages that I mentioned. And I think the Steelers just, they, they just, they just may find a way. But before I let you go, Michael, who, who's the quarterback for the Browns you think on Sunday? I uh, honestly, part of me wonders if this is just going to be one of those games where like Baker Mayfield's taking the reps to make the Steelers think twice, even though he's way too injured to go. And it just ends up being Case Keenum. And we find that out on Sunday. That wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, but uh, I still think he goes. I I just kind of have a feeling he goes. And then uh, if he takes a couple hits, then things might go sideways. I hope Baker Mayfield plays. I really do. It would be the best bet for the Steelers. All right, Michael, thank you very much. Um, make sure that you uh, check out Michael's work on behind the steel curtain.com. Check out his podcast, know your enemy as well as the live Mike and follow him on Twitter at Michael Beck 56. Michael, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure as always, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. All right. I want to thank Michael Beck for joining me. He does a great job. He takes time out of his busy schedule as a college coach to help with the, the ride or die crew, the let's ride podcast every Friday, blue check back. Big thank you out to shout out to him. I want to finish this with a little heart to heart as we always do on Friday. I want this, this game coming up is big and you can hear it when you listen to Dave Schofield, Statke, Jeffrey Benedict, uh, Michael Beck. We're all talking about it. How big this game is. I mean, this is huge. I want you to know something, though. Win or lose, it shouldn't change anything. It really shouldn't. Yes, it's going to change the standings, and yes, it could change the outlook of the season, but ultimately, it shouldn't, it shouldn't change anything. And then you think about it from a logistical standpoint. Yes, a loss for Pittsburgh in this Sunday's game would make them 3-4. and four. It would put them 0-2 in the division. Things would look dire. But when you still have 10 games to play... 10 games, boy, a lot can happen. And I listen to other podcasts. I listen to all of our podcasts on our network, and a lot of people are saying that this is as close to a must-win game. No, it's not a must-win game. As Dave Schofield says, must-win games are only when you have to win or you're done. And so in this regard, it's not a must-win game. It's a big game. No one's saying it's not. But keep in mind, folks, that even if somehow the Steelers lose this game, which obviously I picked them to win, even if they lose this game, there's still a lot of games left. And even if they win this game, there's still a lot of games left. Remember, 11-0 last season, finished 12-4. and Yeah, we were there for that. We remember that, right? Things can go upside down either way. Things could look bad. Things could look downright dire. And then they turn out that they get red hot and they find a way to make the playoffs. Likewise, they could look red hot and then trip and fall in their faces like last season. So keep that in mind. Keep it as a one-game perspective, and we'll be with you the whole time, folks. So make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. That's it for me, folks. It is Friday. Have a great weekend. I will be back on Sunday after the post-game show on Halloween. I'll also be back on Monday with my Winners and Losers podcast on Let's Ride every Monday after a game, so make sure you check that out. In the meantime, be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great day, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Sunday. Go Steelers.